santo, tú reinarás, tú nuestro encanto siempre serás. Welcome to Baden Bulletin, where Catholicism and the people of Baden are learning how to become servants in the kingdom of God. And that was a beautiful servant song, it sounded like to me, Sarah. Oh, I love that song. Tell me about that. Oh, it, it means, Sacred Heart of Jesus, you reign. You are my love and you always will be my love. Mm. Where did you learn that? I learned that, um, well, actually it's from Mexico. I think it was probably sung by the Cristeros who uh, fought um, to preserve the faith. And uh, I learned it from some um, Catholic Mexicans oh, okay. oh, <laughs> in very Los nice. Angeles. It was a beautiful... Um, <laughs> Could you tell me what the translation is? Oh, yes. So, Corazón Santo, that's uh, Sacred Heart. Tu reinarás, you reign. Tu nuestro encanto, you are our love. Siempre serás, and you always will be our love. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, the, not even knowing the words of it, like just hearing the tune, it just it reminded me a lot of like a um, you wouldn't call it like a church hymn you'd call it like a um, a pious devotional yes. type of hymn you know that you'd hear like the locals and they would teach mm -hmm. their family members and they would yeah. sing it like while like in the field or at the workshop or whatever yeah. you know just something that sort of like bubbles out of the heart right like as you're marching mm -hmm. down the road I, I could just hear the Cristero singing it as they would march into battle que viva Cristo Rey you know mm -hmm. long live Christ the King and mm -hmm. then they would sing that. And some of the people I learned it from were children of those who fought. Oh, wow. As Cristeros, like children and grandchildren. Grandchildren, so, uh -huh. the descendants of those mm -hmm. who fought against the, uh, yep. yeah, the atheist government in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. Well, that is a great intro to today's topic, which is Christ the King. We are about to celebrate as the church the, um, the concluding Sunday in ordinary time. Can you believe it? The church year is, is, is basically wrapping oh. up. In a couple of weeks. Bye, Father. It has. I know, and this is the shortest Advent to come. I'm, that's another topic, but I'm. That's right. Yes. Time to get ready for it that is. beautiful. We, we season. should prepare. Yeah, we should prepare. So, um, so today is like, yeah, like starting to realize that Christ is the King. And oh, by the way, my favorite um, title for any Sunday is this coming, uh, you know, Christ the King Sunday, because the full title is. The Solemnity of Our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like Father. How, you all have to see what Father's doing as he's saying this. He's how, making me laugh. like, bold and, like, <laughs> ah, yes, the universe. Yes. He's in charge of it all. Yes. He has the power, Father. He has all the power. He has all the power. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So my... um. My thoughts about today um, r with respect to this Sunday celebration, Christ the King, which is going to be Sunday, uh, November 26th, um, I was reading over the readings, and uh, the first reading is from Ezekiel, and what the Lord God says is, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. Like How pastoral is that, right? You know, like, okay, it says like, you know, Christ, king of the universe. But then it's like the first <laughs> reading says, 
I will look after and tend my sheep. You know, it doesn't get more like, you know, mm. heartfelt yes. and just sensitive and caring than, yes. than that type of thing. And then later on in that reading, it says, the lost I will seek out, the strayed I will bring back, the injured I will bind up, the sick I will heal. Yes. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it just reminds me so much of how benevolent, uh, that's like kind of a big word, which basically means how full of goodness, how full of care, um, how full of sympathy that Christ really has for all of us. Like, yeah, he's a, he's a king, right? He has been enthroned in heaven over all the earth, over all, over all the universe. I mean, he has God's own power and he can wield it however he likes. But the church tells us right away in that first reading, He's caring. He has sympathy. He wants to heal. He wants to uplift. He wants to bring back. That's the kind of king he is. His sacred heart reigns in mercy and compassion, tender love and compassion. So I'll give you a pop quiz. What do you think the second, well, the, the psalm response will be? The Lord is my shepherd. You got there it. There's nothing I shall want. <laughs> that's right. That's right. In verdant pastures, he gives me repose. Yeah. Beside restful waters, he leads me. He refreshes my soul. Isn't that amazing how, because he has all the power in the universe, he can see every creature that he's created at every moment, and he can work for their good at every moment. Yeah, let's talk about that, because... um, one of the aspects that I always think of when I think of a kingdom is this idea of um, like continued authority or continued um, reigning over, right? I think that as Americans, we're not too familiar with like that whole idea of like that security net of a kingdom, you know, that um, when there was a king and he was benevolent and stable and just and merciful um, and strong, he would protect the citizens, you know, he would protect yes. his subjects from um, famine, um, from diseases, from enemies who are fighting them. Um, so one of the things I like to remember is, you know, Christ as king is performing a sort of like a service, you know, for all his subjects, which is to protect them, you know, to surround them with this like great grace and great, um, you know, sort of stability, you know. Um, it is really hard to kind of like associate it with a, an, um, an institution in, in the American mind frame because like we don't have kings, we have a president, you know. Um, even our senators and our, you know, um, people in Congress, you know, they switch so often. It's like hardly do you, do you know, well, well, who is in charge of this place, you know? <laughs> who is going to like watch over me and, and, you know, care for me, Yeah. you know? And the, what I was thinking about was, um, you know how the British love their their royals. Yes, yeah, they love their royals. I yes. mean, like Queen um, Elizabeth II. I mean, she was so beloved in yes. the hearts of her subjects, and and now they have a king. Actually, they have um, her son uh, Charles. Um, but just reflecting on that, the British really have um, this sort of quality and character of awe and sort of like of. Um, reverence really like they really reverence the royals you know the one that's put in you know at the head of the whole nation that's true yes yes it's hard to understand the concept of a king but i think when i read stories like even the story of esther in the bible 
and you see um, how she was wedded to the king. And um, that's such a beautiful story because you, you see how he protects her in the end. Um, and her love for the king um, moves his heart. That's the story about when um, the king was a foreign king, right? Ruling over the Jews and, yes. and over all the nations at that time. And there was a wicked man who wanted the Jews to be killed off. Right. Okay. Yes. And Esther being a Jew, they didn't know she was a Jew when she was chosen out of like all the fair maidens of the land to be the king's wife. Mm -hmm. um, and so she kept that hidden, but there was a reason and a purpose God had a purpose in it because then she was able to plead before the king on behalf of all of her people. So reading stories like that helped me understand like the beauty of Our Lady, going to Our Lady, she can plead for us before the king. Um, and and also like reading about King David, like that, that was the understanding that the Jews had of a king. Um, and Jesus would have had that understanding as well. Like the king, he was all powerful and he did, like people would prostrate themselves. Um, there's another story, I think her name was Abigail, and she just prostrated herself before the king, King David. And then, and she said, I would be content even if I had to wash, if I was able to wash the feet of the servants of the king. Mm. Like they had such a great that love for their king. Yeah, that reverence yes. and um, yeah, just... Um, and it really comes from knowledge, right, about who we are and who God is, you know, and that's the that's the wonderful mystery of um, of our Christian faith is that when we enter into um, a relationship with Christ, um, he really does have supreme authority. You know, he has the supreme rule over us. Um, it kind of does, you know, sort of me good to remember, like, you know, you can perform good works and, and that, that, that's, you know, able to give me grace and to give other people grace. But at rock bottom, I can't do anything to save myself, you that's know? Right. Like it's a pure gift from yeah. the one who has authority over me, you know? And so it helps me because like I'm like semi-Pelagian, you know, like thinking I'm going to earn my salvation. Oh, I see. When it's like, yeah. no, nah, I mean, you can participate in the goodness of God and in his... Um, um, his reign, and we do, you know, we yeah. do participate in that by being good stewards of our possessions, material possessions, yeah. um, to develop our spiritual gifts and possessions. Um, but all of that comes from God, you know, from Christ who, who reigns and who allows that to happen. Yes, thy kingdom come. When I think about his kingdom coming and letting him reign in us, I think about letting him reign over all of my thoughts and over all of my emotions especially because I think that's the biggest challenge we have in letting his kingdom truly come into us, to let him truly reign over us. It's a daily uh, struggle, really, to crown him over and over again. Like, no, Jesus is my king. I'm not going to let discouragement be my king. Right, or um, any other like false idol, right, that kind of crowds out, you know, this, this again, this. Like, and, and this is a crazy word nowadays. Ready for this? submission oh, to God, yeah, right? That we submit our whole selves. And like right. you're saying, like we can have a hard time submitting even our emotions and our thoughts over to God and to, you know, ask for him to allow us to like, you know, be purified of that negative or, you know, sort of those, um, 
you know, distressing thoughts um, because yeah. he doesn't want us to like keep thinking distressing thoughts. He wants us to rely on him, you know, and submit our, our lives over to him. One of the things I remember learning, and this is like from high school days, is, um, you know, his plans are better than your plans. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yes. and it's like, I remember just latching onto that as, as a, as a, you know, teenager. And then later into college, like his ways are above our ways. Like his plans are above our plans and their plans, not for your will, but for your welfare. Right. You know, yes. and, and to uplift you. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I would repeat yeah. that verse to myself, I mean, my day would just like, I'm just like walking on the clouds after <laughs> I like realized that like I'm submitting my thoughts, like as crazy as they are over to him. Like, you know, I have my plan for the day, but if they don't work out, that's okay. Right. He's got the best plan. Yes. And it's a plan for my good, for my eternal good. That's and right. And for my good today as well. Yes, he does. He does. Oh, he's so faithful. He really is so faithful. When you don't understand his plans, just give it time. You know, you give it time and then you see, oh my goodness, this is what he was up to. Because he's always working for something greater than we can imagine, which is that he would reign over us completely. He wants to reign his love. He wants us to be happy and joyful and at peace in his love for us. I totally agree. Um, The verse before the gospel is, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that is to come. And you mentioned that, you know, Jesus coming from the Jewish religion, and his heritage, you know, his like great, 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 going on the great, great grandfather <laughs> was King David. Yes. Then Jesus That's really ridiculous. does. Yeah. Like he's not only like an, I like, oh, we just crown him king because he's like, you know, a spiritual king. No, like he literally is the son of a king, yes. you know, of in, in the line of David. Yes. And so it's so helpful to remember that, you know, Jewish and Christian thought kind of all harmonize in the son of God, you know, the son of David. You know what helps me understand the idea of King is the Lord of the Rings series, mm. too? I don't know if everyone that's listening has seen At least those movies. Or, heard about it somehow, mm-hmm. right? But they have, there are a number of kings in those books, um, and one is Aragorn. He's the son of a king, like his ancestors were kingly people, but he's somehow been exiled and he's hidden. He live. He looks like, um, you know, a traveling, a traveler, like a weary traveler on the outside. He, his clothing is like not the clothing you would see a king. For royalty, right? Mm-hmm. He, um, he, he's hidden, and so he's one of the Christ figures in the series. Um, And then at the end, you see him actually crowned as king, and he's wearing his beautiful raiment. Wow. Um, But it reminds me so much of Christ, our king, because right now he's hidden in this... He's hidden in the form of bread. I mean, and here we are prostrating ourselves before him. He's hidden. It takes... It takes the submission of our our intellect and will to what he's revealed to us. And we give him our the ascent of our faith, and we worship him. We know it's not bread that we're worshiping. We're worshiping Jesus Christ, our king. Um, and then he also tells us 
that beggar you just passed on the street, that's me. And then when he comes, I, I think you mentioned before we started the podcast that the gospel is about at the end time when we will see him come reigning in his glory on the clouds with all his angels, and then he'll separate us, the sheep from the goats, and the way he'll determine which side we go on is going to be really about whether or not we recognized him in... The needy. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that causes me fear and trembling. Me too. Like, (laughs) man, like the other day I, (laughs) I was in D.C. and I saw two homeless people And I was like, very aware, this is Christ. Like, what am I doing about it? Because at the end of time, he's going to come and he's going to be like, I was hungry and you didn't give me anything to eat. And I'll be like, I am so sorry. (laughs) How much time am I spending in purgatory for that? (laughs) But it really makes me think twice when I pass a homeless person or, or just like, how can I have the eyes that see Christ. I don't want to be too sleepy or, you know, that I'm walking by him and not even recognizing him. You remind me, I'm so glad you brought this topic up because it reminds me so much of St. Teresa of Calcutta, who said that Christ is under the distressing disguise of the poor. Yes. And how you just brought up before talking about that encounter with the homeless people, you know, Jesus is hidden in the Eucharist as well. And there is such an intrinsic connection between our reverence for Jesus in the Holy Eucharist and our reverence for Jesus in the poor, you know, and in the needy, because you can't separate that. Right. You know, you can't say, oh, I'm just going to focus on like, you know, um, social justice and like, you know, only go to mass when you feel like it, you know, because like, Mm -hmm. that's just saying like, well, I want to do what I want to do. Right. You know, because I like I'm good at you know, getting food for the you know for the hungry and like you know, um, helping people to fill out paperwork for yeah. job applications. Like, well, that's those are good things, but like, oh, yeah. but Christ, <laughs> it's the total package. You can't just pick and choose. Like, right. you know, if you want to serve the poor, you're only going to get the enthusiasm and the right you know mind frame for that if you worship Him in the disguise under the veil of the Holy Christ, Eucharist yes. and receive Him. Yes. You know, because he's the one that's going to then be that power, that, that motivation, and give you that um, the humility. Yes. You know, to go towards, you know, and to en- encounter those who are in need. Yes, we get to kneel before our king every day. We have the chance to go to daily mass. Like, we get to go and be there and receive our king into our heart. And I know I've been guilty many times of receiving him and forgetting I'm in front of a king. Like, I can ask for anything I want. Like, he wants to heal me. He has all the power in the universe. And I'm not paying attention to him. I'm, like, thinking about what I'm going to eat for breakfast or whatever. Like, you know, like, (laughs) that is a huge wasted opportunity on my part. And I realized that recently I'm like, what am I doing? I... All I have to do is ask him. He loves me so much. He's right there in my heart. Like, it's our chance to really, like, worship our king and be close to our king at daily mass. We have the opportunity. And sometimes I don't want to get out of bed. 
you know, it's like easier to stay in a nice warm bed, but then I'm missing my chance to go worship my king. And the, the neat thing is he wants me to love him. He's hungry for my love. Like our king lo- wants to be loved so badly. He, he has such a compassionate heart that he has this incredible longing to be loved, you know. Um, and you know what? He doesn't mind being loved by a sinner. Right. You know, because that's, yeah. that's how we all are, you know. He wants mm-hmm. to see us come to him as the needy yes. in a lot of ways. I remember one homily I gave, um, this is years and years ago, um, but I said to the folks, you know, we all come to the Eucharist in the same way. And in that church, everybody usually received in the hand. And I said, we all come to the Eucharist in the same way, with our hands open and empty. Yes. And you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's You know, true. We, we are. We're, we're very, um, and I don't want to denigrate or like, you know, um, say, you know, bad human being, because we're not bad. God made us actually very good. Yes. Um, but we have to understand that when we come into the royal, you know, <laughs> throne room of Christ who is king who has conquered the the furious foe Satan yes. you know I don't have any works to compare to that you know he shed his own blood on the cross I don't have any works to compare to that so um yeah I'm coming with open hands that are empty yeah. yep it, it it's incredible really the gift we have right there but it takes eyes of faith it really takes putting your whole self into our faith to realize, oh my goodness, the God of the entire universe is going to speak to me this morning, like through his word, and then he's going to come to me, and I'm going to have this intimate meeting with him. And I can do that every morning if I want. Like It's... Yeah, and then in, in oh, yeah, his, he's such a tender king. That's the most amazing thing is that he does love us and he forgives us. He loves us in our weakness, in our weaknesses. It, they don't put him off at all. I'll interject because um, one time I learned why uh, this feast was included in the Roman calendar. Um, why is it called Christ the King? Oh, yeah. And um, it was during, I want to say, the pontificate of... Pius the Twelfth, mm. is it when it got included? Um, yeah, either Pius the Eleventh or Pius the Twelfth. I think it was Pius the Twelfth. Um, but basically, in the early 1900s, at the end of World War II, when you know it was clear that like in traditional Catholic and Christian countries, other forces were trying to kind of like depose like kings oh, right. and depose sort of these structures that were based in Christian principles. Mm. So fascism, socialism, oh, yeah. um, you know, basically materialism. Well, what he said was like, you know, these are just systems that are created by man, yeah. you know, and they don't rely on the greatest principle, which is, you know, charity, you know, and, and mm. growing, you know, in virtue as a, as a, as a nation. Oh. And so basically he said like, you know, opposing all of these, you know, evils, we want to remind all the countries that Christ is king. Like, not the king of England, not the, you know, the Fuhrer in Germany. Ooh, not, I love that. Yeah, not the, um, um, the highest, you know, um, 
comrade in, uh, yeah. in socialism. We're not even the president of the United States. Not even States. the president of the United States. <laughs> Shock. Um, it's Christ the King. Yes. Yeah. So that's why it was instituted to oh, kind of be that. a corrective against all yeah. of these like other, um, you know, spawn of, you know, government leadership right. that just, you know, just tried to, you know, flatten out really, you know, how we relate to each other. Because really all right. the systems just basically flatten people to say, this is how we operate. Oh, awful. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's really beautiful too, because a lot of those gov- systems that we made up forget God. Mm-hmm. We dethrone God, really, and we instead enthrone the human being. You know, and so that's the huge problem we have is that if we dethrone God, we have this huge mess um, afterward because everything is turned upside down, and we don't know our right hand from our left hand anymore or, you know, up from down anymore because mm. we've forgotten God. There's a beautiful practice you can do actually to enthrone Christ in your home, um, enthroning the sacred heart, an image of the sacred heart of Jesus. Many of the images of the sacred heart have a Jesus with the crown. Mm-hmm. And you can easily find prayers of enthronement to the sacred heart of Jesus and then um, sometimes you can even invite a priest over to your home and he can help you say the enthronement prayers and bless, you know, the picture, bless your home. It's, That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I helped with that in a, in a couple of parishes. And um, yeah, you could see the, the immediate like peacefulness that would rest upon the family in the house. Yeah. And it was just a really interesting experience that their, um, you know, their enthusiasm was like, we're enthroning Christ as yes. the king in our house like it's right. visible now you know and a lot of times they'll do it in like the entrance to their house right. they want to put the icon or the picture up in yeah. a very visible place right and, 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 and then you can um show great love for for jesus by you know having a candle in front of the picture or flowers or a light shining on it you know um it's a great reminder that he reigns. We, we invite him to reign over us, over the inside of us. That's like an exterior reminder that we're inviting him to reign over our thoughts, over our emotions, over our passions, our, over every part our, of us. Yeah, our plans. Yeah, yeah. oh, I like that, our mm-hmm. plans, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was something that you had mentioned um, about a fight that was going on between a saint and... <laughs> yeah. Uh, the enemy. And oh, I'd like yeah. to hear you tell that story. Oh my goodness. That, I'll never forget when I found this story um, about Padre Pio. It was an, uh, a vision he had early on. Um, uh, and it revealed to him his mission. And what happened was he saw himself in the center of two groups of creatures. On one side, there were all these creatures of light, beautiful creatures of light. Kind of reminded me of Lord of the Rings, like Legolas, you know, and all the beautiful angels. Well, they remind me of angels, but they're elves. (laughs) And then on the other side were all these dark, ugly, you know, horrible, horrid creatures, like the orcs, you know, um, or the demons, really. They were on that side. And then before him, he saw this enormous beast, huge, huge, huge beast, like 
he was terrified. He said he was shaking, he was trembling, he was utterly terrified of this huge beast that was right before him. And he was like being, well, I forgot to tell you one thing. There was also, as he's looking at this enormous beast in front of him, he sees this man standing beside him. He thought he was like this divine divine man. He was shining with light, and he was so beautiful. Um, Padre Pio mentions just how um, beautiful this person was that was standing beside him. And this person pushes Padre Pio out into the ring to fight. Ding, ding. This, yes, this enormous creature, like it's the like ring wraith or like whatever. Rocky like Rocky going against the Russian. Yes. <laughs> so, and Padre Pio is terrified, terrified, terrified. But what ended up happening was this beautiful man that was standing beside him told him what to do at every moment of the battle. Come on, Rocky, come yeah. on, give him another one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, come on. He told him what to do, and because of this man's guidance, he defeated this enormous creature. And then at the end of the battle, all the creatures of light started cheering, you know, erupting into joy, joy. joyful cheers, and yeah. and applauding. And they, he, he looked, and he saw that they weren't actually applauding for him. They weren't applauding for Padre Pio. <laughs> they were applauding for the beautiful creature, the, the man that was standing beside him, and he realized it was Christ that Christ had, it was really Christ's victory. Mm. And then all the other bad creatures scattered, mm -hmm. you know. And fear. Right. And trembling. Exactly. And so then after that, Jesus told Padre Pio, this will be your life. Like, you're going to have to face this creature every day, but don't be afraid, I'll be with you. And so then Padre Pio had horrible temptations like he had a really awful spiritual interior battle every day that's why he was holding on to his rosary all day i'm sure um but he knew he was supposed to be offering it up for his brothers um, and for his all of his spiritual children who were actually falling into temptation he was like his own conquering of temptation through christ was giving them the strength they needed to not give into temptation I love it. I, I just, I just love it because it, um, you know, we've been talking a little bit about how, you know, we're like empty or we're, you know, we have nothing compared to Christ, but now I'm going to talk about how like we are Christ because like you got to balance it, right? We're not just like nothing worms, like, you know, have no energy or no, you know, goodness. No, Christ has infused us with goodness and he yes. has brought us into his kingdom through baptism and with faith we are participating in Christ's own fight like Padre yeah. Pio was. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be Padre Pio and you don't have to right. be in a convent or in a friary to, to, no. to engage in this oh. battle, right? Oh, it's right here. I mean, it's outside your front door. It's like... Mm -hmm. Or it's in your kitchen. <laughs> in your house. Yeah. It's inside your head. Yeah, exactly. Or it's in your teenager's <laughs> bedroom. Yes. So we're all engaged in that. And again, the emphasis here being that we have Christ's strength. We have his Holy Spirit. Yes. We have the knowledge. We have the fortitude. Use it as Christ wants us to use it, and you will be crowned a prince or a princess oh, wow. because you are uh, being brought into his kingdom. Oh, that's true. That's right? beautiful, Father. Because we're, we're his brothers and sisters. Whoa. So we're all royal. 
Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I've been going to these old cemeteries, you know, for all souls. Mm. Like, and I've noticed this beautiful symbol on many of the old, old, old graves. It has a cross and around the cross is a crown. Mm. And I think I've seen a couple bumper stickers like mm-hmm. no cross, no crown or something, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I forget if that was what it was, but it's true, Father. He says, unless you take up your cross daily and follow me, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Or mm-hmm. Yeah, you cannot be my disciple. You cannot, yeah. But he had to go through the sufferings too. Jesus, Jesus showed us his agony in the garden, you know, all the suffering he had to endure in order to be crowned um, in glory. Exactly. And we're, you know, like we were saying, Jesus is in the line of King David. Well, we're now in the line of Jesus, you know, each one of us through our baptism. Yeah. So um, don't count yourself out. Like you're going to be in the fight and Christ is going to be there fighting in you to fight those those battles and win the victory. Because really, what is this, you know, but the end times, you know? And who's going to win? Jesus. Like, you know, it's it's not like, you know, the challenge to know that. Like, you just have to have, like you said, a life of faith, you know, that really moves you towards the kingdom of God. So, um, yeah, so I think that was great. Um, So everyone's ready now for Christ the King, you know, Sunday. And uh, let's not also forget that Advent is coming up. So Advent is um, starting, let's see, I don't have it here right in front of me, but... Suffice to say, the this Sunday after Christ, Christ the, the King. King yeah. yeah, so early. It's the de- first Sunday of December. Early December. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we'll definitely come back uh, and share with you some of our, you know, Advent thinking, yes. our Advent reflections. And uh, for the people in Baden, Aquasco, um, Kroom, and, uh, you know, everywhere around here, um, it's a time period of, of, of really of joyful waiting and we'll have to get into that a little bit later to talk about why are we waiting why are we you know um reflecting you know right and and how can we prepare our hearts during advent to let the tiny little christ child who's really king the hidden king reign over us fully that's right so keep up the good work, everybody. And uh, if you like the podcast, you can press uh, like or you can even share it with uh, your friends. So get the word out there about Bait and Bulletin. And uh, we'll continue to pray for you. And uh, we'll see you at the church. Que viva Cresore! Que viva!